Hey Namibia and hello friends. If you haven't figured it out yet, we are in Namibia, which is on the opposite side from Mozambique in Southern Africa, where Mozambique last time, remember. So Mozambique is on the southeastern coast and its eastern border is the Indian Ocean. At the other end of that southern jawline of the African continent, there is Namibia sharing its western border with the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, jawline. Well, that's an interesting way to describe it. But it works. I guess it works. <laughs> that actually brings us to our proverb, which also talks about body parts, funny enough. Our Namibian proverb goes like this. When a tiny toe is hurting, the whole body stoops down to attend to it. I think every part of the body is vital, but I don't know how. Have you stepped on a Lego brick? Oh. Have you hit your toe on a stone? No, I understand. It makes sense. I'm just mm. trying to say what's the purpose of the of the proverb. Hmm. I think it could be more like a very tiny insignificant part mm-hmm. is enough to stop the entire system. But so, I, yeah. Funny enough, I always interpret everything like with work or something. Um, I work, I mean, like nine to five or whatever mm-hmm. hour you work. But even though you're a tiny part in a mostly like large, mid to large size organization. Oh, like a cog. Yeah. If you're a little part of the cog of the machine or whatever it is, you're an important part. And if you disappear, something's going to give. And it depends on what your role is. I was going to say. If you're like the IT person. And you go away and lock everyone out of the organization. That's going to be fun. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of Reddit reader YouTube videos where they talk of like malicious compliance. Oh, you so need to watch clickbait. (laughs) And it's like malicious compliance. And someone always, don't piss off the IT guy, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Never, ever piss off the IT guy. (laughs) Alrighty. Yeah. So, um, in Namibia, we are trying something a little different because we are going to try a dessert and it's called Malva pudding. Malva pudding's origins are actually in South Africa, but it is also a very popular dessert in Namibia and it has become part of its own cuisine. So we thought, why not? It's about time for another dessert, right? Mm-hmm. So let's tell you a little bit about Namibia. There are German influences in Namibian cuisine, actually. And that's because what is Namibia today Mm. actually became a German colony in 1884. Hmm. At that time, the German colonial authority called present-day Namibia German Southwest Africa. That was a mouthful. Very imaginative, quote-unquote. Very original. Actually, can I just say that when I was thinking of how to describe like this situation, I didn't want to just say the Germans. And I was like, colonizer. But I was like, I need a more neutral word for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, back to what we're saying. Namibia was a German colony. And it was a pretty brutal, um, pretty brutal, I guess, rule. Colonialism across Africa in general was pretty brutal. Some were worse than others. Uh, Germany's rule of colonialism over Namibia was also definitely brutal and even led to a genocide of indigenous people. Um, the German government formally apologized for this in 2004. Then after World War One, let's lift it up a little bit. <laughs> then after World War I, um, a South African general called um, Louis Botha deposed German rule and Southwest Africa, in quotes, came under South African rule. Mm-hmm. As an aside, Louis Botha or Louis Botha became South Africa's first prime minister. When South Africa rolled out apartheid, they imposed it on this regime in the 1940s and people started fighting back against apartheid. With all of this uprising, there was a war that was called the South African Border War. It started in 1969 and ended in 1990. 
several decades, and it was in 1990 that Namibia finally achieved its independence from South Africa. In 1968, the nation was named Namibia after the Namib Desert, which runs along Namibia's coast. Namibia borders Zambia and Angola to the north, Botswana to the east, and South Africa in the southeast. The Atlantic Ocean borders it to the west. Now, if you look at a map of Africa, you'll see that Namibia is right next to Botswana horizontally, and just above Botswana, there is a thin line, which is the Zambezi River, that separates Namibia from Zimbabwe. So... Namibia doesn't share an actual border with Zimbabwe, but the distance of the river that separates the two countries is only 650 feet. Namibia has a population of 2.5 million and the capital city is Windhoek. So almost every time we talk about food in an African country, there's a common mix of indigenous African ingredients with colonial influences and foods from neighboring countries thrown in. That's the same with Namibia. So, you know, I wasn't going to say anything different. <laughs> you know, but I sounded like we're going somewhere. No, but no, it's no. exactly the same in Namibia. Mm-hmm. Namibian cuisine is also influenced by its German heritage and its proximity to South Africa. So depending on where you go, you'll find food with German origins like salted bread rolls, zuck, sauerkraut. sauerkraut. My friend, you should go to Germany. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> like salted bread rolls, sauerkraut, apple strudel, Black Forest Gato and German Apple Cake. You'll also find Biltong, which is South African dried meat that has been marinated in salt and vinegar. There's also Pokikos, which is spelled nothing <laughs> like, like how it sounds. It is spelled P-O-T-J-I-E-K-O-S. Mm-hmm. Spelled nothing. Like, like, like how I was it like, sounds. like, what's <laughs> It is a South African meat and vegetable dish that you cook slowly in a three-legged pot, usually outside. Mm-hmm. So apart from poikikos, <laughs> you can also find oshitima, which is a South African pap. We've talked about pap a couple of times. You mm-hmm. eat it with vegetables and stew a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. There's also okuki, which is also called fat cakes in different parts of Southern Africa. We mentioned fat cakes in our special on coffee and donuts, so go listen if you haven't yet. Yay! (laughs) There is kapana, which is grilled beef that you eat with chopped onions and tomatoes. Dried meat is definitely a big thing in Namibia. Mm -hmm. You can find wild game, which is seasoned and dried and like it's basically seasoned and cooked over an open fire until it's dried out. Actually, that wild game is called udengi. And then if you want fish, there's a type of bream available from the Zambezi River. I'm not really a big fan of bream. I think bream is one fatty fish I had once. I was very upset. Mm. Anyway, and then you have Mopani worms. Mopani worms are actually caterpillars that you find on the Mopani tree in Southern Africa. And we had talked about this a long time ago. I think Mm -hmm. we were in Botswana, I think. Mm -hmm. And we had talked about how in Southern Africa they eat these worms. And a friend of mine had had them and was so excited to make it. I said, okay, this is a perfect opportunity to make it. Only for me to get to the African store and find out that what we thought, what my friend told us was Mopani worms, was actually a different kind of worm from the Congo or somewhere, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no Mopani worms. But <laughs> <laughs> you can eat it with dried or you can have them with tomato sauce and sometimes with chopped potatoes. Hmm. You know what? It sounds delicious, but I never want to try it. Thank it you. doesn't sound delicious, well, but I want to try it anyway. I, I don't know. The fact that maybe they call it Mopani finger food or something the word worm i think is just off-putting for me but yeah. anyway that's probably why they call it i think i don't remember what the name is but they call it something else There's yeah like a, a native name that they call it yeah so yeah if someone tricked me with that name i think that i'll eat it mm-hmm. 
Now let's talk about Malva Pudding, which is our feature in this episode. It is essentially, well, it essentially looks like dark carrot cake. There's no carrots in it, but that's the closest I can use to describe it. It's a, uh, yeah, it's like spongy. It's a spongy, yeah, springy dense cake that is brown in color. (laughs) And it's usually eaten with custard. Or ice cream. Or ice cream. And so you can imagine that I'm smiling right now. All right, Ijoma, over to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, we actually made the low-fat version, believe it or not. Because, yeah, there means eyeballs. We used half the sugar that you would normally use. I know. I know. So basically what you have is... this. So would, it would have been... Sorry for interjecting. Mm-hmm. So it would have essentially... Because I know a baklava gets mm-hmm. really, really sugary. Yeah. Any more sugary than it was <laughs> we would have been having <laughs> baklava <laughs> i don't know yeah. yeah go ahead sorry um well to be fair i'm not sure because the recipe i used said they used half the sugar they would normally use uh so basically what you need for this is some melted butter eggs flour apricot jam do you say apricot or apricot what do you say apricots interesting okay i feel like the a is like a north american thing oh uh, okay i get confused so there's, it's like gala. And, no, never mind. It's always gala. It's never gala. But I'll go back to what I was saying. You need melted butter, some eggs, flour, a tablespoon of apricot or apricot jam, baking soda, brown sugar, freshly squeezed lemon juice or white wine vinegar if you have it, and then milk, liquid milk at room temperature. And then you have a syrup. So basically you make this cake and then while it's still hot, you pour a hot syrup over it and allow the cake to absorb the syrup. Now, for the syrup, in this particular recipe, we used butter, brown sugar, and boiling water. But in the original recipe for the syrup, you should actually use cream. So this was like a low-fat version that um, I found. That Well, lower-fat version that I found. So basically what you do is, to make this, you combine all your stuff for the cake. You mix them in. You stir in your apricot, uh, your jam, everything. Put that together. And then you bake. Now, this is where I got scared. According to the recipe, you heat this thing, the, the oven, up to 482 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's if you bake a cake or anything, standard baking temperature is 350. So I was like, uh, my kitchen is going to burn down. But then what you do is you cook it at this temperature for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the sautéing effect like, or like a heat. Yeah, yeah. so it cooks at a high heat and then yeah. you lower the heat and then you cook at lower oh, heat. I'm so gonna, it's, like, it's almost like you brown the top exactly. and then cook the insides. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I used a wider pan that was recommended. So that's mm-hmm. why mine came out a little thinner because that was all oh, I had. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it should actually be a little bit thicker than that. But it still came out fine. The total cooking time, I think, was like 20 minutes. I'm going to post the links to the recipe. I loved this recipe. Everything came out perfectly. Don't be scared of the high heat. As long as you turn it down immediately, your 10 minutes is up. You're good to go. Um, and then while this is baking, you now basically mix your butter, water, and your sugar to make your syrup. And then you take all this syrup. Don't be scared because I looked at the quantity of syrup. I was like, this is way too much. You take that syrup and you pour it all over your pudding. And then you put it back in the closed oven where that's been turned off. And you just allow it to absorb all the syrup. And I'll post a picture where initially it looked like the cake was swimming in the syrup. And by the time you waited for some time, less than an hour, it had all been absorbed. And so you serve that with, like Yemi said, with your custard or with ice cream. But with that amount of sugar, I had it with plain 
fat-free yogurt. <laughs> as if as if I was Can going to help tell my that some of us we are trying to fit into our clothes post-COVID, right? <laughs> so embarrassing. Like, once lockdown is done, some of us have to wear clothes again. I'm not paying sweaters. for any more new clothes. Like I need to fit <laughs> back into my clothes. But yeah, yeah, I loved it. Right. So again, some of us are trying to fit into work pants now that lockdown maybe coming to an end. So I was like, this is going to be dangerous. And it's interesting because we had the lower fat version, mm-hmm. but the apricot or apricot or whatever you want to call it was amazing in it. You tasted it? I loved it. It was I, different. I loved it ooh, so much. Before you gush, let me let me just honest. What so did you, you add? You guys, wait. I forgot to tell you something very important. You're supposed to use apricots. Please use apricots. What do you use? I use marmalade. Do you know why? Really? <laughs> do you know why? Because you only need. I don't. We don't eat jam in my house, right? Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have any. So I went to get some of this apricot jam, and I saw the apricot jam. But I'm like, I only need a tablespoon for this thing, mm-hmm. and it's expensive. And I looked at the marmalade. And it's like half the price. And I found out that marmalade is a good substitute if you don't have apricot it jam. Tastes, it tasted really... Like, I almost felt like I was eating... Like, tasting apricots in there. Or apricots, whatever. And you didn't know it was there until I said it, right? Oh. Interesting, because I didn't taste anything at all. No, because I kept wondering what was in it, right? Like, mm-hmm. so... Ideally, if no one had said... Had told me anything, I'd have been like, it was banana with honey. If I had to guess, if I had to hazard a guess. But I was like, this is... There's something off. And so, when you described the apricots, when we were starting our apricot garden. Sorry, I've messed with your head now. You've messed with my head now. <laughs> when, you, when we described the fruits, <laughs> I was like, oh, that must have been what it was. Regardless, my people, regardless, I was supposed to just have, what, like a tiny piece because, yeah, you know, we've, fan, we've had this whole this conversation and I was like, I'm scared that we shouldn't have a whole baking dish of dessert so the plan so because mm, i froze mm. mine so you didn't freeze it i didn't freeze my own oh wow you ate it all eh? i did okay i did i had mine with yogurt and mm. i had mine with like greek yogurt it was nice and it's thick. nice with greek yogurt was oh it my plain God. yogurt oh and i warmed mine a little bit so just warm it's really good warm warm cake with really cool yogurt oh my god people just close your eyes maybe i should have something and imagine the beauty that dessert in your mouth and we didn't even use the rice ingredient it doesn't matter okay it tasted fantastic i wonder what but it yeah. tastes like with apricot well now that you told me Sorry, like, kind of like ruined, ruined it for it. me <laughs> like stop my okay self was why like, are you pulling me away why from am I my spending five dollars on this i have already gone into like a zone just like <laughs> going back to that moment where i first tasted it and now you're ruining okay, everything I'm sorry stop it sorry mm-hmm. but yeah it was good i love it it was a very dense cake, but it was spongy. When you used your fork to, or whatever, cutlery, to cut through it, it was bouncy a little bit. Yeah, it bit. was bouncy, like a trampoline. Yeah, it was like, kind of like a trampoline, so it was almost like a little game. But at the same time, by the time you, because it was that thick, with the ice cream or yogurt, in my case, it almost, that contrast in textures. Oh my God. Yes. So good. So good. We're on a roll, Ijama. Actually, you're on a roll. Thank but you. But at the rate I'm eating, I'm going to be rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't believe I laughed at that. I know. No, it's so funny. Like, I think for me, I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it even more because 
you know when you're not sure if you're not making something properly and then it turns out and right. it turns out perfect mm-hmm. i loved this recipe I, I like i said before i didn't even use the right pan and i was really scared about the temperature because 400 degrees in my house the oven the alarm goes off so this was 480 but it was perfect because it browned, I guess it had like this slightly crunch, not crunchy, but it was harder than the interior, which it was, was like, like a cookie, like a soft cookie at the top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the syrup initially, because when I was making the syrup, it made me think of toffee. There was this whole caramelly thing going on. So I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it, it. Yeah, it was very sweet for me. So I don't know if in the future I could actually have Malva pudding with ice cream. It would have to be with plain yogurt for me personally. Mm-hmm. But I find that my sugar tolerance is fairly low compared to other people so anyway um like Amy said it was spongy i was trying to describe i was trying to think of how to describe the texture of it and i was like will i say it's like spongy moi moi like i do not know what to call it and do you agree like it was like sweet okay never mind so let's just throw that out the door (laughs) but no it was delicious it was i love the sponginess and the Mm -hmm. squishiness honestly it was i would say it's almost like i wouldn't say it's a sponge cake but it's one of those very it was kind of light too, in a way, even though it was like a dense, squishy. Dense and light. Yeah. And I, well, actually, I had it in different ways because when I was done, I dusted a little bit of cinnamon sugar over it and wow. But I'm, I'm partial to cinnamon. Mm. So that's one way because I like dusted a little bit. I was like, oh, this looks so pretty. And then I tried it. Absolutely loved it. Would definitely make it again for sure. Just like Yemi, I had it with yogurt. Mine was plain yogurt. So there was a sweetness of the, uh, of the pudding versus like a sourness of the yogurt. It was just beautiful 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 so all we want to hear from you is that you're going to try malva pudding (laughs) and so when you do not if you do but when you do let us know how you liked it not if you liked it as you can you will like it you (laughs) must and of course don't forget you can buy us virtual cups of coffee the links are in all our social media platforms so as always thank you for listening We're grateful to have you as our audience and we are grateful for the opportunity to continue to tell you African stories. These stories already exist. We're just the vessels that bring them to you. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. While the podcast airs every two weeks, we have a backlog of episodes just waiting for you to enjoy. The show is a collaboration between Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. African My Kitchen is produced by Tunuka Media and co-hosted with 234 Pantry. So while on Instagram, visit both Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. With Tunuka Media, you'll find out about more shows produced which aren't necessarily food-related, while on 234 Pantry, you will get more food-related content. For example, Tunuka Media also produces another show called Overlooked, which I host. All the links with the relevant information to connect with us are located in the show notes. Like, subscribe, and share within your community. We'd also really love for you to give the show a high rating wherever you enjoy your podcasts.